Scofflaws is a show about the history of crime, criminals, and the investigation thereof. There may be discussion of adult themes and generally icky stuff. Also, neither host is a legal professional, and this show does not contain any legal advice. Remember, crime doesn't pay. Unless you're really good at it. Hello, and welcome to Scofflaws, the history of one disorder. My name is Sean, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Kate. Say hi, Kate. Burr. Yes, we are recording. We are recording from the Ice Planet Hoff, snug in our separate tauntauns. I wish I understood what any of that meant. <laughs> I think it's a Star Wars reference. Yeah, it's that's an Episode Seven reference. That makes sense. I have not seen it. <laughs> I'll definitely add that one to the list. All of Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's uh, so cold that water throws on my windowsill this morning. It's so cold that I threw a boiling pot of water out of my back door and it froze into snow before it even hit the ground. I really want to do that. It was fun. We had to hold the dog so she wouldn't run in the back instantly. I, uh... The, I did that in 2014 during the Polar Vortex. Oh. That was a fun one. That was back when I took the bus to work. That was back when I was in college and they didn't close school down. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised my work closed today. But Me too. It's also, it's also a state of emergency in Illinois right now. Oh, and Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely a state of emergency in Wisconsin because they closed the bars. Yeah, they did. They didn't close the Starbucks, though. Not all of the <laughs> Starbucks stores are closed. Most of them are still open. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So glad I don't work there anymore. <laughs> did you did you see that thing about the, the ex-CEO of Starbucks deciding he's going to try and run for president? Yes, I saw that. We've been priv- Starbucks partners were privy to it for about six months before... That announcement, and um, I'm just gonna say this: I think it's stupid. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of other people think so too. We don't need another billionaire in the office. No. And he's gonna run independent, dude. You're not even gonna make a freaking dent. No, no, not even Bernie Sanders could run independent. No, no, Bernie and Bernie knows better than to run independent. <laughs> But let's talk about something uh, fun, more fun than politics. Let's talk about a serial killer. Yes. Which one are we talking about today? Well, we had so many to choose from. All of the Netflix documentaries. Uh, but <laughs> I decided I wanted to take it way back to what is considered America's first known serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. Ooh. All right. Let's talk about H.H. H. Holmes. So, uh, he was born, uh, Herman Mudgett. Awesome name. And, uh, he was born in New Hampshire. And, um, he was born into wealth. And he was apparently ridiculously smart his entire life. That sounds like the, the preamble to every story about a serial killer, though. They were, 
He was such a smart boy. Yeah. So apparently, um, it was said that he was obsessed with skeletons and death. Oh, aren't we all? Uh, I'm probably going to say relatable. Um, so it is, it's thought that that is what led him to, uh, go into medicine. Um, so this is going to be really gruesome. <laughs> uh, nothing like a serial killer that has a doctorate. Yeah, well, he allegedly, when he was a child, trapped animals and performed surgery on them. <laughs> some accounts of his life, and this is a quote from uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, some accounts of his life even suggest that he killed a childhood playmate. All right, well, that's, that's certainly a start to... Uh prestigious medical career is unauthorized surgery on a fellow 10 year old yeah well so he graduated he graduated high school in um at the age of 16 um oh for frame of reference he was born in around 1856 or excuse me around 1861 and so he graduated high school at 16 um and then changed his name he changed his name to herbert Howard, or excuse me, Henry Howard Holmes is what he changed his name to, but he gained fame as H.H. H. Holmes. Never mind the fit as the famous wrestler Triple H. Yeah, I'll pretend like I know what that means. <laughs> okay, it wasn't it wasn't a joke worth the time it took me to pronounce the word wrestler. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> so, uh, he studied medicine at uh, medical school, Michigan Medical School, and he would steal cadavers from the lab. Well, haven't we all been there? Yeah. Need to get need to get in the carpool lane. Need a few bodies for a party. Gotta gotta spread them out. Make it look like it's make it look like there's people attending. Oh God. Uh, well, he would uh, burn or disfigure them and plant the bodies to make it look as like look like they had been killed in an accident. Okay, I'm guessing that's like prep for getting rid of his bodies. Yeah, and related to the last episode, um, he uh, would take out insurance policies on the people before. Uh, planting the bodies and would collect the monies, collect the money once the bodies were discovered. Okay, that I mean, it it strikes me as fun funny that people got away with that, considering we now live in an age where a, a school superintendent tried to use their insurance for a kid with strep throat is now facing jail time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um. The reason that I picked this person was because he has a connection to Chicago. Uh, in 1886, he moved to Chicago uh, after he graduated and got his medical degree. Uh, he So he moved to Chicago and he got a job at a pharmacy working under the alias Dr. Henry H. Holmes. That's not really an alias. That's just re. That's just deciding which names that got the the initial on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so soon after he moved to Chicago, he began killing people in order to steal their property. 
Sounds about right. I mean, it's really hard to buy a house in Chicago. Yep. Yeah, it is. Uh, and he built a house for himself, uh, which became known as the Martyr Castle, and was equipped with secret passages, trapdoors, soundproof rooms, doors that could be locked from the outside, gas jets to asphyxiate victims, and a kiln to cremate, cremate the bodies. I love the Murder Castle. I want to I want to do a Dungeon Dragons campaign and just rip the blueprint from the Murder Castle. The Murder Castle is it still exists. It's still standing. Really? I thought it was torn down by now. Uh nope. I think we'll get to more of his uh more of that later. Uh so in 1893 is when he reached the peak of his career, quote unquote. Peak murderosity. Mm-hmm. So Chicago is uh, super famous for the 1893 World's Columbian Exhibition, Exposition. Uh, and during this time, he's allegedly seduced and murdered several women typically becoming engaged to them and then killing them after, securing the control of their life savings. It's all about that mustache. Yeah. He also employed a ton of people and made sure they had life insurance policies and then killed them. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you just look up a picture of him? Is that why you said mustache? No, I actually remembered. I I watched a documentary on him like 10 years ago, and the mustache is the only thing I remember. He's got a pretty impressive mustache, as do all of our good, good criminals do. Our good, good, bad criminals. Uh, so his the basement of the murder house. He had his own lab, and it had a dissecting table, a stretching rack, and a crematory. Like I said, um, that's not enough to kill people. You gotta really get in there and play around. Exactly. So he would send bodies down the chute to the basement. He would dissect them, strip them of flesh, and sell the human skeleton models to medical schools. (laughs) If he wanted wanted to get rid of the body, he would either cremate it or place it into a pit of acid. Or sell it to a medical school that didn't feel like asking too many questions. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he also... was based in Chicago, but he traveled all around the country committing insurance fraud, right and left. Committing insurance fraud, by which you mean committing murder and getting insurance money. Exactly. So after the World's Fair, Chicago went into a mini recession, as did most of the country. And uh, so he decided to just kind of pop around the country and committed random murders whenever he wanted. Um, the murder tour, 1894. Yep. Uh, so he, though he has not been caught yet. This is 1896. He has not been caught yet. Um, not 1896, excuse me. Uh, it is now 1893. Getting ahead of myself. So he, he got caught for nothing to do with murder. He was arrested for stealing horses from Texas and shipping them to St. Louis. <laughs> it's a real Al Capone tax evasion sort of situation we have going here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he decided to create a new insurance scam with his cellmate, who is Marion Hedgepeth. 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 Mary. 
Marion Hedgepath. Yes, dude, not a woman. No, I, I I got that. I didn't think there was co-ed jails back then as there are now. There really aren't any now. Well, I know. I, I was saying if we don't have co-ed jails at this point, we definitely didn't have co-ed jails back then. That makes sense. Uh, so the he in this insurance scam, he was going to fake his own death. This is Holmes. He would fake his own death and then. Um, take out an insurance policy for $10,000 before faking his own death. And then he would give Hedgepath $500 in exchange for a lawyer who could help him if any problems arose. Okay. Yeah, it's really complicated. Didn't work. And at this point, no knowledge of murderation has been discovered. Exactly. So he attempted the, the, the plan, but the insurance company didn't pay it out because they were suspicious. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of insurance claims under this H.H. Holmes guy. I wonder if we should start looking into those. Mm-hmm. So in 1894, that cellmate, Marion Hedgepath, uh, was really upset that he didn't get any money from the scam. Uh, so he told police about it. Oh, man. And Snitches get stitches. That's a bad move. Right? Uh, so the police caught Holmes... Um, in Boston, and they arrested him and held him on an outstanding warrant for the Texas uh, horse swindle. And then um, at the time of his arrest, he actually looked like he was getting ready to leave the country, which made police really suspicious. (laughs) Uh, So then Chicago police investigated the murder castle, where... They, quote, discovered his strange and efficient methods for committing torturous murders. And then Hedgepeth hears about that and shits his pants to infinity. Exactly. Um, so, Dude, I thought we were just doing insurance fraud. This guy's killed like a hundred people. Um, so according to the Crime Museum website, uh, it's, it's an actual museum. It is a credible credible website um so the investigation spread throughout chicago indianapolis and toronto wow Mm -hmm. uh police arrested him and convicted him of murdering um i can't pronounce his name peitzel uh who i have no idea who that is (laughs) But he killed him and his children. But he was definitely, definitely murdered. Exactly. Uh, So he confessed to 28 other murders, uh, but investigation, through investigation and missing persons reports, it's believed that Holmes is actually responsible for up to 200 murders in his lifetime. How bad do you have, how bad do you have to be? I don't mean like in a matter of like being professional and being like good at what you're doing. But how much of a, an evil dick do you have to be that, yeah, these are the 28 I know I can't get away from, but you don't know about the other hundreds. Cool. Um, so he he was tried in Philadelphia for all these crimes, uh, and he was um, sentenced to death, obviously. Um, he, before his death, he sold his story to the Hearst Corporation for $10,000. The guy, the people who runs, um, who ran the New York world. 
Okay, and that's... Uh, hold on. That was uh, when? Like, what year was that? 1895-1896. He was killed in 1896. Or he was hanged. 1896. I'm checking to see how much that comes out to nowadays. That comes out to $269,000 plus some. Oh. So, yeah, he sold his money... Or he sold his story for that much money that he would never use. Um, he actually only confessed to 130 murders. <laughs> that is not a sentence you say every day. He only confessed to 130 murders. But researchers now have believe him to be responsible for over 200. Really going for that high score. Uh-huh. So that... Oh, also his murder... Castle, which was um, remodeled as an attraction and called the Holmes Horror Castle, was burned to the ground shortly before its opening. I feel like it's still around, though. If it was, if it, I, I have to think if it was still like around in like its original condition, I would have definitely gone there by now. <sighs> I've lived, I've lived by or in Chicago for thirty-three years. I can't believe I didn't go there if it wasn't there. Um, it remained standing until 18 or 1938. Um, it was torn down and it is now occupied, uh, by the site is now occupied by the Inglewood branch of the U S post office, according to history.com. Shoot. Just missed it by 50 years, but now it's a post office. It's a post office now. But a post office is on the site. It's not the same building. I, I, I have to imagine that someday there's going to be some post postal worker who just has to go down to the sub basement and like accidentally leans on the wrong brick on the wall and just this cascade of skeletons comes out. I have no doubt that that whole those grounds are haunted by his murder victims. <laughs> Oh god, the most the most haunted post office in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different type of podcast though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we're not we're not spooky ghost cast. As much as I want us to be sometimes, but that's just me cuz I'm spooky ghost girl. <laughs> Oof. All right, um Damn, I really wish that thing hadn't burned down because I would love to have seen this murder castle. God, you can probably find pictures. Yeah, I probably—I mean, old grainy black and white pictures. But still pictures. But still pictures, yeah. All right. Um, fuck. Just two hundred plus. We have to. We have to start making a leaderboard for serial killers. We have to. Figure out who's our top scorer. I think I think Holmes is our top scorer right now. All right. Um, if you'd like to add to this discussion, or if you have anything that you want to tell us that we might have missed about H.H. H. Holmes, uh, email us at scofflawspodcast at gmail.com, or hit us up at Facebook at Scofflaws History of Law Disorder, or Scofflaws A History of Law Disorder. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Scofflawscast. Uh, you can also donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash scofflaws. So looking for that first donor to get the bonus content going. We now have another movie for Kate to watch, and it's fucking Star Wars. So get on that. 
Uh, one day I'll tell you guys my Star Wars story. Uh, did I ever tell you I took a date to see Lord of the Rings? Was it your wife? No, it was it was before I even knew Trey. Oh, okay. The date did not end well. It was not a good choice in date movie. Well, wait, wait which Lord of the Rings? Uh, the third one. That's the best one! She wasn't into it. Well, good thing you didn't marry her. I like no. your wife now. I got about like half a date out of that one. It's it's neither here nor there. <sighs> uh, let's see. I had a I had a stupid law. I was pulling up here. No, I don't need inflation information anymore. I already did that bit. Okay. New Mexico. Four words. Idiots may not vote. I understand the origins of that law. Idiot was a term for anyone who was not mentally capable. It is part of the Constitution of New Mexico and was adopted in 1911. Yep, that would make sense then. Just sometimes phrasing is fun. Phrasing! Alright, well, this has been the Scofflaws A History of Law and Disorder. My name is Sean, and this has been Kate. Say bye, Kate. I'm a popsicle! Haha, <laughs> yeah, my toes are too. Bye, all! Never minding the brief stint as the famous rep. Uh, never mind the brief stint as the famous rebel. Oh my god, why can't I say this line?